This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jail Ministry today. I thank you for joining us. I pray that you would be blessed today thoroughly, and I want to say happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I know it's past, but still, every day is Thanksgiving, right? Sure it is. So I hope that you have your, your pens and your, your paper that you can write down the scriptures. And as always, go back and read the scripture, the whole chapter in its entirety, and you will get the whole picture of things. Being that we only have as much time as we have today uh, to go over the scriptures, which is the word of God. So uh, without further ado, let's just go to the word prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this day, a day that you've made, Lord, a day that we've never seen before today. And we thank you, Jesus, for your many blessings that you have blessed us with. You've kept us this whole year. You kept us safe. Lord, you've wrapped us in your love. You've forgiven us of all of our sins, the wrongs that we did, the things we shouldn't have done, the things we should have done. We didn't do it. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. Bless your people today. All of the needs that are out there, Lord, you know what they are. And I pray that you bless each and every one of them individually and that they will come to the knowledge of the truth that you love us all, Jesus, and that you came into this world to seek and to save that which is lost. Bless us in your name we pray. Amen. So I want to talk to you today that Jesus came to his own people. He came to his own. And, you know, normally in any situation, um, usually we've heard first at home. So always first at home. So he came to his people first that they would have an understanding as to who he is. And in understanding who God is, it will cause us to look at ourselves more closely and come to the realization that we are his creation. We're his creatures. We're his children as we will go into the word today. And the Lord, he wants us to love him back, return the love. We know that Christ first loved us, but he wants the love to be returned freely. See, he has given us free will in this world. And in that free will, it is our life. You probably already know that. And I've heard people say, well, live your best life. In living your best life, that is a life as a Christian, a life of Christianity, a life where Jesus is the head of that life. And he's coming today to you that you will receive him for who he is. And when he came on the scene, you know, it was a dark period between the, you know, the Old Testament. There were the prophets there. Jesus hadn't come on the scene yet. Although the prophets, they spoke of him. Isaiah said, a virgin shall bring forth a child and his name shall be called Emmanuel because his name Jesus had not been given. But Emmanuel meaning God with us. And they were, he was spoke about throughout the whole book, the whole Old Testament. They were looking for a Messiah. And I don't know what type God they were looking for to come. I know when he came, the Jews was looking for him to come in, maybe on a horse, maybe with a crown, maybe with the army, 
surrounding him to come in and take over, get the Romans out of office and put them into office. But he didn't come like that because he said that heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool and my kingdom. It is not of this world. And he talks about a spiritual world where there is eternal life there. And John 3.16 tells us that God loved the world because he created the world. He wanted an earthly family. He already had a heavenly family, but he wanted an earthly family and he created man in his image and in his likeness. And in that creation, he gave Adam a job. He told him, tend to the garden. See, the Lord always wants us to be busy doing things. He does not want us to be idle. And he tell us that after we receive Christ Jesus, we have the responsibility to go share with others because everybody ought to know who Jesus is. And everybody ought to tell. And in that understanding who God is, it has to be a personal an individual relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, it's not good enough to know the God of the Bible. You got to know God of your life. You have to know him personally. He has to be your God. When you refer to him, you refer to him as my God. John the Baptist said that I was a forerunner. He that sent me, God sent John the Baptist to prepare the way for Jesus because as they were expecting him to come on the scene they didn't know how he was going to come all they had was the scrolls to tell us that a virgin is going to bring forth a son so they knew that and God always leave a witness had Isaiah not spoken that people would not believe that a virgin had a child but the Lord he left a witness which was Isaiah and it was written in the scrolls so we have the scriptures to let us know that Jesus Christ, he is the son of God and that Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. Because we know a fleshly person, a human being cannot raise the dead. And we see in many places where he raised the dead. He called Lazarus after four days. And then the Jewish law, after three days, they say your spirit can enter back into your body. But not after the fourth. So he deliberately defied all the odds. He deliberately defied doctrine that was on the scene. And he came. He said, I came unto my own people. I am here. I come to my people first. I gave them the first choice. He said, but they received me not. And the Lord is coming unto you today. And I will tell you that God has a people, but it's up to you if you want of them. And I say today that it is important to know God, the God of the scriptures, that he has to be personal to you. So those that have your Bible, let's go to the book of John. And we know from the last book in the Old Testament, when it was a dark period right after Malachi and it was darkness. And, but I tell you, when the law was in place, Moses got the law from the Lord and people had a hard time keeping the law. We know the law should say, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. What's for you is for, for you. And thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Uh, thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not. So the law is good, but the law won't save you. It takes Jesus Christ. It's good to stop at a stop sign. It's the law. And Jesus said, I didn't come to break the law, but I come to fulfill it. I come to show you a more perfect way to show you that you can live a Christian life while you're in this body. We make so many excuses for why we didn't do this or didn't do that. I could have. I would have. I should have. 
but I didn't. And Romans 3 and 23 tell us that thou old man is inexcusable. Whatever excuse we offer to the Lord is not acceptable because we are living beings and you will never have the time. You must make the time to do anything. So let's go to the first book of John, the book of John, the first chapter. And between the Old Testament and the New Testament, so they call it the Dark Ages. Uh, Jesus wasn't on the scene. There was no word. There was no gospel. There was no mention of Jesus. People were just kind of doing their, their own thing. And it's like the generation that we're in right now. It, we live in a, a very sick generation. People are sick. Uh, people are rebellious. This is a very rebellious generation. This is a generation of perversion. Uh, anything will do. It's, it's like everybody is like, do what you want to do. But there's an accountability for that. So in the book of John, the very first chapter, and I'm going to start at the 10th first. You go back and read the whole chapter. And this is John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. He said, I was not even worthy to unlatch the, the little shoestrings on his shoe. I felt so unworthy. But that that God sent me to do, I did it. You may feel unworthy, and we are, but worthy is the Lamb of God. We don't have to be worthy to come to Jesus. You bring him your broken pieces. You bring him your life. You come to him, and you present yourself to him in all honesty and transparency, because he can see everything anyway. And you say, Lord, I need you. Tell him all about your troubles and trust and believe that he will come through for you. He will bring you out all right. He really will. John, the first chapter, the 10th verse. And this is talked about Jesus himself. He was in the world. We know Jesus was born legally like we were through the birth canal of his mother because Isaiah prophesied and everything in the scripture about Jesus, the scripture will be fulfilled. They cannot be broken. They cannot. This Bible is right from Genesis to Revelation. And I have the KJV version. And it speaks to me. And God will speak to us through the word. He came. He was in the world. He was already there. Listen. And the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. If you ask people nowadays, are you a Christian? Everybody would say they're Christian. Everybody say, I, I know the man. I know God. But does your life, does your life manifest Christianity? Are you living according to the scriptures? We just read it that he, he, he was in the world. He made the world, but they didn't even know him. People know a little bit of everything. And the Bible tells us that there are God's many. There's Lord's many. But there's only one Lord of Lords. There is only one God of God's. King of Kings, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, and only his name was given that we could be saved. Peter explained that over in the book of Acts, about the second chapter. He said that there was only one name given under heaven, whereby men must be saved. So if salvation is only through the name of Jesus, let's explore that, and let's find out why. And I will tell you that the gospel is God's plan of salvation to reconcile us back to him, to get us back in our rightful place with the Lord. And there's always a yearning inside of us that only the Lord can fulfill. You can try whatever you want to defeat the gap, but it will not. And listen to the 11th verse. And he came unto his own and his own received him not. He came to his own people. We know that Jesus was born of the Jewish sect in that particular time. And he came to those people. And look what he said. They received him not. 
and maybe it was the, the expectancy that they had that how he should come. He was born in a manger, you know. Goats, or you ever seen? It's a stall. It's like where goats, you know, sleep and do whatever else in a manger. And the Bible tells us there was no room in the inn, so he was born in a manger. They wasn't looking for that. They was looking for some type of status quo God. And and even now, the world, even right now, don't really know who the real Jesus Christ is. It is not enough to know of Him. You've got to know Him personally in your life. He has to be your God. He came unto his own, 11 verse, and his own received him not, but as many as, and that is where we come into play, as many as, he came to his own people first, but they didn't want him, but as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name, and as many as believe on him, as many as received him, and as we go through the scriptures today, believe the scriptures you don't have to believe me. Believe the scriptures. And what I'm telling you, it leads back to the scriptures. The word of God does not lead back to me. It leads back to the scriptures. God's word is his word. Take him for his word literally. Believe him for the, in this, the scriptures, in this Bible, literally. When you go to the Lord, pray the scriptures. It is his word. He will acknowledge that. And you may not even know how to explain yourself to the Lord. So, Pray the scriptures. Read the scriptures. Uh, look at the very first verse in the chapter one. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was what? With God? And it was what was God. The word was with God? If we go back to Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God, and if you read on down there, God said, let us make man in our image. Who's the us that he's talking about? Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. Before God ever spoke the foundation of the world in existence, Jesus was always there. But he had not come through the birth canal of Mary. His name was always what it was, but they called him the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh manifesting himself to the world. That's how the blinded eyes are open. That's how the, the lame walk. That's how the deaf hear. That's how all of the diseases are healed through God. The manifestations of Jesus Christ. And we know that God is a spirit. Over the fourth chapter of John it tells us that, the 24th verse. So God was always there. The word was always there. And the word was God. So you want to get to know God, read the Bible. Get to understand the word. And as we understand the scriptures, it, hopefully it should bring things into perspective for you. Hopefully you get a better understanding. Well, I don't know how to relate to him. We're reading the word. There were prophets of old and, and even the disciples. There was 12 disciples that Jesus chose himself. And the beauty of it is... Jesus is the Savior. But he chose 12 disciples, letting us know that he never intended for one person to do everything. He chose 12 and he knew exactly who they were. And he didn't really choose men of great statue. He, the Bible said that when they went places, people said, they're men, they're ignorant and unlearned. But we do know they've been with Jesus because his speech betrayed them. So does your speech betray that you've been with Jesus? Or what is your speech betraying you saying what type of speech is coming out of your mouth so we know that I mean look, look at Matthew uh, look what type of man he was what was it what, a tax collector we know that's RS type stuff uh, look at Peter Peter was a fisherman if you've ever been fishing most times you know they go out deep sea fishing 
Uh, let them take their clothes off. And back then they did, and they would get in the water. And you know, there's an old saying, you know, they, they that that they curse like a sailor. Sailors out on the ocean, out on the water. So all of that came from somewhere. So look what type people that the Lord chose. Look at the characters of them. Um, they wasn't great men, you know, in great positions, great careers. They were just basically common people. And Jesus appealed to the common per, common man. And he said, we have the poor with us always. Because he did not want anybody to feel that it was complicated to get through to salvation. Salvation is not complicated at all. Romans 10 and 9 said, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ, he was raised from the dead. God raised him from the dead. And the Bible tells us that that same spirit that was in Jesus, if it be in you, is going to raise your mortal body also. So it's important to receive the Lord on the inside. So it is important that we have an understanding who he is. And he's coming to you today. He always come to us through the word of God. Let's read on down because I don't want to run out of time. So listen to this. 12 first again, but as many as received him to them gave he power to become sons of God. Everybody's not a son of God. Do know and understand that. He gave them power to become sons of God. And there's power and authority in the name of Jesus. But you have to have Jesus on the inside. You must have his DNA on the inside of you or you are none of his. In Romans 10 and 9, as I just quoted, said that if you believe in your heart, you've got to wholeheartedly believe that Jesus Christ, that he is the only savior. But there is salvation in no other name. It does not matter what name you call on. If it is not the name of Jesus, there is no salvation in that name. It takes Jesus to save a person. And we really need to hear the gospel, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That is the life of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came on the scene, it lays out his life that he went about doing good. The people that he appealed to, Jesus always hung out with sinners. Why? Because he said, I come to seek and to save that which is lost. And he hang out with them. And every time that they were in his company, not one of those sinners left being a sinner. When they left the presence of Jesus. They were Christians because you cannot be in the presence of Jesus Christ and be honest and real and sincere with him and leave the same way. Jesus would not allow you to leave the same way that you met him. When you met him, whatever you was doing, whatever your hand was involved, but if you come to him and be honest and throw your hands up and surrender, you would not leave the same person. You will not. The Lord Jesus Christ, he come to change life. He said as many as received him. Receive the words that I'm saying today. Read it for yourself. He came to his own. And the Bible talks about us being spiritual. This, he's talking about a spiritual kingdom. If you have eyes to see, if you can see in the spirit, if you can hear what the Lord is saying, that the Lord, this kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. He's not going to set up a kingdom here on earth and rule. All this stuff that's going on over Revelation, do talks about that, but he's not talking about right now. Right now, Jesus has come to save. He's in the saving business. You say, well, what I need saving from? Probably your own self. We need to be saved from our own self because all this little stuff we do and we're like, that's my truth. If your truth is not Jesus' truth, this Bible is true. And we, we use that term to justify our dirty little deeds, but there is no excuse that the Lord is going to accept. Come to him. Come clean. Be honest about yourself. Be transparent. Say, Lord, I really don't know who you are. I've heard of you. 
the disciples in the Bible, Jesus asked them, he said, well, who do men say that I am? You know, what your friends got to say about it? What do people in general have to say who Jesus is? He's what some of them say is John the, John the Baptist. He was not. He was Elijah. He was not. Or he that prophet. Who do you say Jesus is to you? He's coming to you. He's appealing to you. He's reaching out to you. He's knocking at your door. He will not bust in. He is a law-abiding citizen of heaven and earth. He's not going to break the law. He left the example that we can follow him. His life is laid out in the gospel. He knocks at your door. And if you hear him, a lot of us, we have so much noise in our ear. We're so involved in so much stuff with so much, with so many people. If we could disconnect from all toxic, everything that's toxic. If we can get away from that, we can find out who the Lord is. You've got to come aside. You've got to give yourself to him. There's a song, I give myself away. Lord, so you can use me. But you've got to give yourself to the Lord in prayer. You've got to come to the Lord and be real and say, Lord, I know I haven't been living a Christian life. And the way your gauge is, your plumb line is this word. You've got to judge your life by this word. When you look at yourself, look at look in that mirror again. Listen. He gave them power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man. Jesus was born by the will of God. The gospel being preached, that is the plan of salvation. And God, he looked down at man. He even looked at Adam in the beginning and said that he needs some help. And he made man a helpmate. He made him Eve. Adam and Eve. And as time went on and they sinned and they failed. But I tell you, just because you fail does not mean that you are a failure. I do not read in the Bible any place that Jesus was a failure. And we do not have to be. If we fall down, we get back up. We dust ourselves off and we get back in the game and we get some skin in the game and we begin to play for real. But all this fake stuff and going to church does not mean that you are a Christian. I pray that as you're watching today that you're understanding that it takes you surrendering your life to the Lord. That you understand that the maintenance that you got to maintain your salvation. John 3.16 said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not. It is contingent on how you live. It is contingent. Your, your life in heaven, it's contingent on how you make preparations on earth. There will be no excuses that will be accepted. He wants us to be, to come to him. He came to his own. Now let's turn over to, let's see. Listen to the 14th verse of John 1 and 1. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. See, Jesus was made flesh, and we know that God is a spirit. John 4, and I think 24 tells us that God is a spirit. You can't see a spirit. So he had to have a fleshly body to come to earth that we could see him, that we could identify with him, that he could eat with us, that he could be the example of mankind to let us know that you can do it. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who will strengthen you to do it. But without him, you can do nothing. You will always come up short. And even the Bible tells us that all have sinned. And I think that is in 
uh, let's see, that may be in John also, that all have sinned and come short of his glory. So the whole world have sinned. That's why Jesus said, I come to save the whole world. But just because the whole world have sinned, that's not a crutch. That's not an excuse to keep doing what we're doing. It's not an excuse to keep on sinning. When we come to the knowledge of the truth that the gospel is the plan of salvation, that the Lord wants you to come back to him and a Christianity is likened unto a marriage. When people get married, they don't know each other in the entirety. They don't. <laughs> because if some did, they probably would rethink it before they say, I do. Because you say, I do. You don't really know that person. Pretty soon you're going to find out, I don't. It may be soon and very soon. So get to know that person. Get to know Jesus Christ. Come unto him. Learn of him. If you hear him knocking at the door, get the noise out your ears. I feel that knock on my heart. I feel that tug on my heart. I feel him pulling me. Open the door to your heart. Let him come in. Let him sit down. Let him sup with you. And you will find out that it is you that he is reaching out to. Yes, you. You. He's reaching out to. He said, I came to my own. Are you his? And I want to read this before we run out of time. Let's go to the 10th chapter of John. Still in the same book of John. Flip over to 10. I'm going to read this really quick. 10 and 27. Listen to this. So listen. 10 and 27. My sheep hear my voice. See, you've got to hear the Lord. It's just like if you have children. They got your DNA. When you go outside and say, come inside, they hear your voice. They know the voice of their parents. So Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. He knows us, but do we know him? He knows all about us, but do we know him? And listen to what he said. Not only do they, they hear my voice and I know it, but they follow me. You've got to be able to follow Christ, follow him. And the next verse, I give and I give unto them eternal life. That is life after this life. And they shall never perish, meaning that we will not die and go to hell. Hell is eternal life also. One way in, no way out. Heaven, it's a place that is where Jesus lives. Don't you want to go? I believe that you do. I know that I do. But there's preparations that must be met. There's guidelines that you must meet. We're just not going to go because we say we're a good person. See, when the, the rich ruler came to Jesus, said, good master, he thought he was, you know, trying to get one in. Jesus said, why, why you call me good? As long as I'm in this flesh, in this body, don't call me good. There is none good save one, and that's the father. So just because we feel we're good, and we, we, you know, we do good deeds, that don't mean you're going to heaven. You've got to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You must be born again. Must be. It's not even optional. So listen. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. So the Lord said that if you say you're his child. Now, if you hear his voice, are you following those instructions? Are you? And let's go to another scripture. Let's go to Galatians 3 real quickly because we are running out of time here. <laughs> Galatians 3. And let's start in the 20th verse. Listen, 
This is this is Jesus talking right here. We got just a little time, so I do want to cover this. Listen, this is Jesus said. He said, now a mediator, actually this is Paul talking to the Galatians, and the very first verse in that third chapter, he called him foolish. Oh, foolish Galatians. He said, now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Jesus Christ is our mediator between us and God, but he's not just a mediator of one person, he's a mediator for this whole world. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, the law, thou should not do this, thou should not do that. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Uh, God first. Love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and body, everything you got. Then the second commandment, love your neighbor just like you love God. But it don't save you. The law don't save you. It takes Jesus Christ. Verily, Righteousness should have been by the law, but the scripture have concluded. The conclusion is that we are all under sin and that the promise by faith, you've got to believe it. You've got to believe that Jesus Christ is your savior, that he died for your sins is of Jesus Christ and might be given to them that believe. Let's scooch down to the 26th verse. Go down there. For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, and I pray that you've been baptized in his name, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free, male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. The Lord does not look at us and say, okay, the women you sit over there, be quiet. Men, you sit over there and do a whole, a whole lot of talking. He does not. God, he does not look at us bond or free, whether you're locked up or whether you're out in the free. That has no bearing on Christ in your life, whether you're a Jew, whether you're a Gentile, whatever nationality you are, that's no bearing. Because God is God of all people. For God loved the, the world. He came to his own, but his own didn't want to receive him. So I ask you, are you one of his? Keep on reading it when you get a chance. If ye be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. We know he's a father of faith. He was an heir to the promise. So, Jesus knows all of us. He chose 12 disciples. He knew their characteristics. He knew their personality. And the Lord will save you and use your personality for him. You see, if you've never been hooked on substance, it's a little difficult to go out and win a sinner that's hooked or have been hooked. See, the things that you have suffered in your life that you've gone through, the Lord will use your testimony to reach out to others that they too may be saved because the Lord wants everybody to be saved. So he's coming unto you, his own. And I pray that you receive it. God bless you and keep you. Until we talk again.